0: Welcome
1: to the Fit Femme Project Alignment Podcast. It is here that we cultivate and gather all who have been through it in fitness, relationships, careers, lifestyle changes, and unforgettable crucial life pivots trying to achieve their most sovereign selves. We're here to provide you with thought-provoking, detailed stories and information from truly fascinating men and women from all walks of life, professions, generations, and modern day sagas who speak to their rawest, darkest moments that made them the strong, decisive, humble, helpful, healing people that they are today. We ask them to hold nothing back because life is a multi-dimensional pursuit to be stronger, healthier, and more aligned mentally, emotionally, and physically. Let's go. everybody. Thanks for joining us again today. Thank you for putting us in your ears. Today we are chatting with Coach Nicole. She is a coach for the Fit Femme Project. She is also a certified personal trainer, sports nutrition specialist, certified life and weight loss coach, certified in exercise nutrition. She is also an internal family systems therapy informed, and as well as soon to be a woman's coaching specialist.
0: Hello. Hello. Thanks for having Hi. me. For sure. How are you doing today? How's your Friday? Oh, so good. Uh, this was a really good week. I am really—I don't know. I almost wish it wasn't Friday. That sounds weird. Like I was like, I want—I just want one more day. I'm like, I've been having some, you know, amazing calls, some really good check-ins. Uh, just—I just wanted to keep going. If That makes sense. Like, you didn't hit me that it's Friday today. If that makes sense. You so just wanted you to said, "Oh, it's me. Uh, well, I—I just—I like talk. I like my clients. I like talking <laughs> with them you're so sweet <laughs> that's so is adorable that, that or my dog my dog does not talk back so wait dogs pour out that you just had one dog no is that or my dog and dogs oh. they don't talk back so it's it's just me talking out loud in my house and that's just weird so
1: that is so funny is your husband does he leave all day for work or does he work from home too
0: yeah, he is a creature of habit. He wakes up at like 4.45 every single day, leaves for the gym by 5.15, and then just goes into work and comes home by 6 every single oh. day.
1: Wow, so you got the whole whole house to yourself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do too, but it's just me and my cats, and I definitely talk to them. And they talk back because they can meow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think my dog whines. It's like, give me more food, mom. <laughs>
1: so cute. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, thanks for joining me today. I just wanted to go over, uh, just kind of your your background, your history, and kind of the genesis of where you're at today. And I said the mm. same thing to Lindsay. I don't really know much about your your story other than what I've seen on Instagram and, um, the little bit we've heard, you know, while being in person here and there. So, um, yeah. So tell me what life was like before your whole fitness, I guess, health and fitness journey started.
0: It started the day I got engaged to my now husband. Cause I How was like, was that? that was 2012. Okay. Sometime. So Yeah. That was, um, gosh, I think I was 23. I don't know. I can't do math. No, it's 26. And so yeah, I got engaged. Uh, He proposed, but I was in the military back then. Uh, I was in the military for like 10 years. Well, 14, maybe 15, if you count like Navy training and college. But um, yeah, we were both, we met in the military and we dated for like five years and he proposed and I was like, okay, well, I'd already been trying diets because in the military, you know, you, you have two fitness tests every year. You have to stay fit and lean. And, you know, they tell you, like, if you take care of yourself, you're better able to take care of your people. So I was always on a diet because I was always eating and drinking because I was in the Navy like that sailors oh, do. I,
1: <laughs> is, it, is it what you say about you know, drinking like a sailor? Yes. That's a real thing. Yes.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah especially on deployment. Uh, it's stress relief, uh, which is unfortunate, but um, it is very true. So, but yeah, I was, um, I was very, I was overweight more, not just more than what I wanted to weigh, but I was at the point where I was getting like taped and measured for our fitness exams. Uh, they're called physical readiness tests and there's, they're split up in two. You have a a weigh-in and if you're overweight, you get roped and choked or that sounds awful, but they basically, <laughs> Take your measurements and if your measurements are, yeah, but if your measurements are out of standards, then, you know, you get put on a diet and you got to basically get fit again. And then the second portion is actual, you know, you run a mile and a half, you do some pushups and sit-ups. So I was at the point where I was getting measured and that was like, once you hit that point, you're like, oh, I have to make some changes. And, but I was doing extreme things like the HCG diet uh, keto, I think I tried intermittent fasting, you know, clean eating, where I didn't eat anything processed, but it lasted like a day or something. Stuff? Yeah, I never tried Whole30. Um, I think because at the point when I first heard of whole, Whole30, I'd already been going to the gym and just eating kind of a wide range of foods, but within a calorie deficit. I was like, this works. So that's what happened. Like when I got engaged. Um, I really tried extreme diets, but the weight just kept coming back on. So then I reached out to a coach and I was like, and she gave me just do these workouts, you know, eat these macros. And I did, and I got too small for my wedding dress. And that's when it hit me. I was like, Oh, like good old diet and exercise (laughs) works. So that's when I became a believer. And I just dove headstrong into it because I was like, this is of all the diets that I've tried so far, this is the one that actually stuck. And got me results. I got in really good shape for my wedding. I was really happy. But then the weight came back on because I didn't know enough still. Like I just, I was still, you know, going out with the guys after work on a Friday night, going to a bar, drinking beers, drinking alcohol. And then my husband and I would visit each other on the weekends when neither of us was on duty. And we would, you know, we're happy to see each other. So we just eat and eat and drink and drink. And the weight came back on. So I was like, I need to learn more. And that was, Let's see. Yeah, that was around, but then I was going on deployments and then I was training. That would have been like then... so
1: hard. Like I could see, easily see how it would like just naturally yo yo just because mm-hmm. like it's not just a going on a trip. You're literally moving your life for what, mm-hmm. six, nine, 12 months <clears throat> at mm-hmm. a time. Like that's like, that's stressful. <laughs> like not a lot of people like have that experience, but I mean, there's plenty of people in the military, but the general person just doesn't have that. Like, so that, yeah, I can see how that that would happen somewhat natural in a, I guess, fair way naturally, <laughs> just going.
0: Yeah. Well, and when I was in my twenties, so I think your twenties, you know, you have so much more energy and you're so ambitious and you're like, you're trying to keep everything a top priority. So I was like, I'll keep my health and fitness and I'm cute keep, keep my career advancement and, you know, keep my friendships and my family at the very top. But you just, you, naturally, you can't like some things like deployment takes priority, uh, you have to get the ship ready to go out. And um, you have to get things settled in your personal life. And then, you know, if you have time to work out, awesome, if you have the energy, you might not. So um, I think it's, you know, hindsight's 2020 20 later, I realized I was like, Oh, you know, it's really, like, you can't do it all or do so much of everything at the same time, you really have to learn listen to your body find out what your energy like what you're able to sustain what you're able to what pace you're able to grow from and be okay with that because that's where actual traction gets made and changes happen versus going full speed and then having to just like stop from burnout and then kind of picking up the pieces again and going full speed again
1: yeah yeah Yeah. that makes sense um how, how like what at what point was like the turning point for you where it just kind of like clicked if that makes sense (laughs) to like where you're at now and you know that Um, point where you know what I mean where it's like okay I get it now and the yo-yoing stopped and you know what I mean
0: yeah yeah so if my fitness history is like if you'd say it's like maybe 10 12 years old now So that first point was when I tried on my wedding dress and it was too big. And that's when I became a believer in fitness. I was like, this shit works. (laughs) It's good old school stuff. But then, um, because I got so immersed in it, um, and because military life was really stressful, I didn't know how to manage my emotions. I just kept going, going, going. Uh, I actually turned to the gym and bodybuilding shows As kind of like a second life, as kind of a way to cope with my military career and with and having my own personal goals, because I think that's what's hard with uh, the military. It's like our time's not our own, and that's what you know a lot of jobs. But um, when it hit, when I understood that, I was like, I need to find a way for me to still be me um, on an individual level, because military is very like team focused, like you know there's no I and team type thing, but I was like, I still need time, Yeah. Hour <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the gym became that for me, but I became obsessed with it because um, it was like, if I wasn't at the gym, then I was at work and work was stressful. So it's like, well, I'd rather be at the gym. So I was like, I was, I was still burnt out, but um, because I got so immersed in it, I, I signed up for bodybuilding shows while I was in the military I was on my shore tour, meaning I wasn't deploying, but I was still busy like doing shift work, working at night and stuff. But I still somehow managed it. Cause like I said, if you're in your 20s, I think you're capable of that until your body's like, you can't (laughs) I I think I've
1: done that like two times in my life.
0: I don't know what it was then. Just some, I don't know. I must have been really, I don't know, I think crazy at this point, but I did it. Um, but when it was time for me to get out of the Navy, my husband and I, we both got out the same year. I was like, I was doing bodybuilding shows and in my mind, I was like, well, I clearly know what my next career is going to be. I'm going to be an online fitness coach because that's what I, it's either, I know how to do that. I know how to be a military intelligence officer, but I also know how to lose fat. And so I was like, well, I'll just do that. I'll start a business. But what I wasn't, um, acknowledging or really wanting to face was all the binge eating I was doing on the weekends. Um, yeah, I, behind my husband's back. Like, yeah. I kind of pretended like it wasn't happening and I would just like, just like I tell my coach, Oh yeah, I overate this weekend, but it's okay. I'm back at it. It's Sunday. I'm back at it. She'd like, like, over okay.
1: like we all do, but like to what, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how would you define, um, like just the overeating, like, I guess the general person does versus like,
0: binge eating like how extreme was it for you if you want to talk about it yeah no I definitely want to talk about the that's like the second turn the turning point you had asked about like the binge eating it got to the point where I was at the I tell my clients this who who you know may be in the same spot but I tell them I was at the bottom of my fourth jar of almond butter in like five days and I was like I need some help (laughs) I was like I can't keep doing this because
1: or like, was it uh, other things oh. to the same time? Because no, like, was- to oh, the nice. layman person, like I could say, oh, I totally binged this weekend. But did I really like in a clinical term, what would be, mm-hmm. you know, the difference? Because, yeah, I could say that I overate, I had pizza and I had drinks and all this stuff. But like, is that really binge eating. You see what I
0: mean? Yeah. So the clinical, more on the clinical side, binge eating is more what's driving the action of. The okay. yeah, and it's also the amount of food you're consuming within a certain amount of time. So if you're eating, I think I can't remember exactly what the amount is, but I could eat like ten thousand calories in three hours, which is <gasps> a lot. Um, I once <laughs> I
1: do once ate, does on his repeat dates.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know I was I mean. doing that like two or three times a week. Um, I once ate like thirteen bars in an hour, and uh my stomach was killing me. But I was like. Whoa. I was my, my meal plan was just so strict. Um, I was doing so much cardio. I was working out so much, but then when I, that's the thing too, like I was, I had so much on my plate bringing that in from the military thing. I could do so much. Like I was working five jobs when the year, first year I got out of the Navy. That's when my binging was at its worst. Um, and that's when I, you know, that one week, I think it was like November, 2018. I was like on my that fourth jar of almond butter. I had like two tablespoons left in or something. I was like, I could make a decision now to stop or keep going. So I just finished it. And I was like, okay, now I need to reach out to someone to help me. So the almond butter but, point. <laughs> yeah. The fourth jar specifically. Because I'd stock. eaten plenty of jars before then. <laughs> Interesting.
1: And yeah, the uh, it, it just built up to that point at the end of that last almond butter. You're like, Ew, okay.
0: Yeah. And I'd also gained like almost 40 pounds in like three months. No, I, I was, I was steadily gaining weight after my last show. Um, I did three shows one year. Um, but my weight wasn't really, I was kind of each show was, I was a little heavier for each show. And then at the end of the third show, I just kept gaining weight and gaining weight because I was just in such denial. Um, but my body was showing it. So, um, and so it just like, I couldn't face myself. I got to a point I couldn't stand being in my own skin. Just the, you know, you're just dr- like, and some people out there will understand who ex- like experience this, but they're just drowning in their own, like in, in thoughts and uh, the shame intensities. Of it. I mean, there's just, it's shame, it's guilt, it's embarrassment, it's anger, it's unfairness, it's um, trying to understand what you're feeling and how you're supposed to be feeling. And um, it's just so much so food comes in and gives you reprieve for a moment. So when I really, but I had been kind of learning about that, you know, because when I got out of the Navy, it's like, I need to learn about health and like, become certified as a personal trainer, sports nutrition specialist, which I did. But as you dive into that, you start hearing more about holistic nutrition and eating behaviors. And so I was starting to pick up on this and I realized I'm resembling, I'm actually exemplifying some of these behaviors. And I'm sure some of the clients that I'm going to eventually work with are going to be dealing with this. So I feel like I need to solve this for myself. And so that was was like,
1: and I, was this something that you kept from your husband too? Like you were really closeted about it all or yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's probably the last person I actually opened up to. And like, I was like, if we change dinner reservations, I'm going to be a little fucking stressed. Just work with me here. But that's, but honestly, it's opening up to him. You know, I should have done it at the beginning, but I didn't, But, but opening up to him really helped me feel just safer and realize it's just dinner. Like you can figure it out. But when you're in that emotional, like just swirls like this wave that just tsunami that hits you when you're in it, you're just looking for a way out. And so, and when you are trying not to use food, which is what you're you know, coping, what your safety was before, like it, you can feel lost and detached. And so learning to work through that was, um, took me a while, but I didn't have the kind of support that we offer here. So that's why I'm super, super grateful to you know, that this company exists and offers what we do because I know it's so needed.
1: So what did you, uh, what were kind of the first steps of you coming out of that, um, unhealthy binging?
0: Uh, I didn't stop tracking actually. Um, cause Would that you gave know, me you knowledge that to somebody. It's well, to it depends. Like, it depends. Like you got to, it's all about titration, like seeing there's some, some people and it's different for everyone, like tracking for them may actually bring them some, a sense of like calmness and security. Cause they like, like one plus one equals two feels, yeah. you just know that there's certainty, certainty feels good, but to other people, it may be just past their window of tolerance. And like, I can't, I can't handle it. So, but we all know that understanding on some level, how much you're consuming is what's actually going to or the amount you're consuming is what's actually going to lead to the physique changes you want. We just kind of titrate. We like keep one foot in safety, one foot in risk. We just kind of assess, see what you're emotionally able to tolerate and move forward with take action from. And that's, what's so fascinating about each person is each person feels differently about tracking, feels differently about the scale, feels differently about their goals, feels differently about nutrition in general or our diet culture. And so, you just get to know each person on an individual level and say, okay, I, we understand what you can tolerate right now and what you can't, maybe what you can't tolerate though, is on the way to your goal. So like the obstacle is the way we got to find a way to titrate our way towards it. Step-by-step step. Um, kind of like step reverse time. engineering it in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Reverse engineering. And, and, and what that does is it reframes like instead of us automatically assuming, oh, tracking means." brings up negative emotions. So clearly that's diet mentality. I just shouldn't go there because it'll just ruin me. Let's reframe that and say, well, but tracking, if you track your, like, let's look at how you budget. That's tracking as well. Are you willing to um, take a look at tracking macros in the same way? And let's give that a shot. And just inviting some curiosity like that, and then giving it a try for a week can really open doors that people thought were close to them before. And so it feels, I think some people are afraid of going that route because they're like, it's so slow, but it's really the yep, fastest way is. because you're, you're actually changing things. Yeah.
1: Okay. Sorry. Back to my original question. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I was the one who interrupted. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, tracking was part of the first step in helping you out of that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah tracking and but see the I was very dead uh, dead set on following a strict meal plan like it had to be like oats and egg whites and blueberries and flaxseed oil for breakfast for meal one and it had to be then broccoli chicken and rice for meal two and then salmon and asparagus and a rice cake for meal three or something and I was like if it's anything outside of that I'm a failure or I'm just I shouldn't want anything outside of that like i I was oh really hard God, on myself. You hug. <laughs> I know, You're but it's amazing. like, but yeah, I think so like you know,
1: that's what people think of when they they hear tracking or macro mm. tracking. I don't want to just eat rice and chicken and blah blah blah. And even when I before I really started tracking, I knew that that wasn't the case, but that's still what I thought. Like I understand mm. that it fits in your macros, and obviously it's not just going to be trash food. But if it fits, then you go about your day just fine. It doesn't have to be just that, but still that, that is, it's just so tied that men's mindset is so tied to tracking that that's just all people think about. So yeah, go ahead.
0: (laughs) And what I was going to say, like, I thought the exact same thing. Like I was following Casey back then and she would be eating maple syrup, like not the sugar-free stuff, I'd be like, she's lying. Like, she's just gotta be lying. There's no way that she looks like that and eats that. So Dang. even though the evidence was clearly in front of me, I still didn't believe it. So I had to try it for myself and uh, it was titration. Like I would bring, I'd buy two kinds of loaves of bread at home. Of course I was still binging. So I'd eat an entire one. I'd be like, okay, well let me try one slice of this other loaf. And if it fit and you know, I wasn't like. um like if it fit and it wasn't, um, making me, well, see, that's the thing. Like I was gaining weight because I just eaten an entire loaf of bread. So I couldn't d- deduce if the one slice I had was helping me with my goals or not, Yeah. but it did help me feel more calm and less afraid. Yes. But one slice can, of bread at a the time. There's more
1: out there to this. Like there's, there's more to this than just the yeah. five things you're allowed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and and I kind of, but I also, you know, you got to find role models. You got to find people who, you know, like I followed Casey the entire time. I followed other people who did macro tracking. I still followed people who didn't. And I would just, you know, you compare and you say, well, what, what's, what, what am I willing to try for myself? What what can I, what doesn't feel like too much? What feels like just enough. It's a very Goldilocks kind of approach. Like I don't want to do not, I don't want to do nothing, but I want to do something. But if it's too much, I'm afraid it's going to lead me down to a binge so you gotta you gotta find like I said titration just one foot forward not both feet jumping in both feet and then you know yeah hurting yourself but yeah so I think what would have helped me sooner is if I'd actually opened up sooner to others it was hard um because I followed a lot of like just the bodybuilding people and you know everyone's like just follow the plan just follow the plan I was like does no one really talk about the underneath shit like (laughs) <laughs> like the overeating or binging. And I saw some people would kind of speak about it, but they, you know, it's like, they were still timid to talk about it themselves. And, um, but I would, I would listen. And so, yeah, I just, uh, so other I than just kept self, trying.
1: Yeah. Other than yourself mm-hmm. and admitting it to yourself, who was it? The first person that you kind of like opened up to about it and taking those steps to get help, I guess, outside of just yeah. you trying to push your way through it.
0: Well, I told my coach and, but she'd known for years and it was at the she really at one time she's no, she didn't no. know. I don't think she knew. I mean, um, that's a, it's she, a,
1: yeah. I think that probably everyone, I, outside her wheelhouse of like
0: how mm-hmm. to
1: coach around that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm starting to notice a lot of coaches are, um, they're, they're not talking about disordered eating. They're saying it's stress. And then they're saying you got to handle your own stress, but some coaches like us, we can go there with our clients. Like we know we we have a process, we can help them through that. Um, but I think I'm I'm starting to see more and more online companies like be uh, curious enough to talk about it. I don't I don't know yet if they're quite to our level in terms of being able to actually help someone through it. But which is but it's a good it's a good move forward for everyone. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but. I forgot your question it like was... I, you so
1: you opened up to your coach about it
0: oh um, yeah sorry well,
1: I mean because she, if she couldn't do anything for you then it was like okay at least I said it like like you've heard me say on our Enneagram calls like the first step to like uh getting out of an addiction is admitting you have a problem and then mm-hmm. you know gathering your resources and people and help around you so what did that look like for you
0: I think I had so much shame still, even after I told her, cause she's like, you probably need to go see someone or go get help. And she, that's when she looked, she let me know. She's like, it's not me. I can't do it. And so I was like, okay. So I still couldn't, she, but she was someone I had trusted. Um, but I eventually left that company. Cause I couldn't keep following their plans. I was like, I started to realize I was like, this is way too strict. <laughs> like, um, but, um, I started to re I started to listen for like podcasts and articles of other people who were able to voice their binge eating and in a way that helped me feel safe because I was like, okay, well, they can do it, and then this person can do it. Well, maybe I can do it. So I actually reached out to a binge eating coach and um with her I felt safe enough to say, I think I'm struggling with binge eating and I think it's really bad. And she's like, Oh, I get it. She's like, I can help you. I was like, Really? Oh, like it's okay to talk about this. It's like I was in a I just felt really safe. I was like, Oh, I don't have to like hide behind closed doors anymore. Like I can let this load off my shoulders. But, um, yeah, you just find people who you feel are not just capable of helping you, but aren't going to judge you negatively. Um, but they want to know more about you and they want to, um, like, like you have to learn about the person on an individual level. Everyone really yeah. is so different. Um, I don't know how else to get through that other than to be viewed as the unique person that you are and not to generalize me or anyone, like not to be generalized with the population. Like, cause you just feel like you're so alone. You, you have to be like helped through, through as a unique person that you are. I don't know if that made sense.
1: No, that makes sense. It's, you know, it's very nuanced. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's, a- even though that may not be a specific thing everybody wants to hear, like, give me five steps to overcut. Like, no, it's, mm. it's a little bit more than that. You might need 20 steps, you might need two steps or whatever. No, that makes sense. To your knowledge, like is um, is that something that happened, like I guess runs in your family, or do you know? I was just curious if it was like a hereditary.
0: Oh. I don't think that's the right word. Yeah, no, I get it. I honestly have been unwilling to really, I've thought about it, but I haven't really gone to solving, like confirming, like, yes, it's in the, it runs in the family. Um, because I just, I was so desperate to just figure it out now. I was like, well, it's something like something may have been from my past that kind of exacerbated it or made it build up. But it's just not helping me now. So let me figure it out. But I know, um, we do like with my family, at least like my father's from Peru, my mother's from Maryland. And so I grew up in Latin America, very, uh, chauvinistic culture where, you know, men work, women stay in the kitchen. I, you know, it's, you know, this is back in the eighties, uh, back in in the nineties. So, um, emotions weren't generally talked about. Right. Um, and in my household, at least before my parents, uh, got divorced, I think I was 15 when that happened, they, uh, you know, my parents were just always working and we were traveling every three years. So we were kind of always busy and, and you know, me, I'm an achiever. So I was like, Oh, he's getting great A pluses and been trying to get A's in school and do all the sports. So, um, I didn't really, you don't talk about regulating your emotions. Like if you're, if you need to be, you know, I guess growing up for me, I was like, You know, you hide your anger, you hide your your sadness. If you want to make friends, because you only have three years to make friends, and that's really important when you travel. So, and you're a kid. So I don't, but it just it seemed like normal to me. I don't, and even when I look back on it now, I'm like, I don't know how to change that. So, but I do know how to change it now with what I want to achieve in the future. But um, I think if I I do like, and here's the thing, like I look at my family's eating behaviors and how they uh, kind of react to the news or what someone else in the family said, or, and I just, I see it everywhere where people are just unwilling to express themselves. They're, they're more willing to like stuff their emotions down than they are to let it out or even learn how to let it out in a healthy way. Cause there's just so much fear of what other people are going to think about them. And so, um, once I started kind of picking up on that, I was like, "Let's just learn how to regulate our bodies now and reframe things because we only have we only have one life on this planet like we got we got stuff to do, like <laughs> let's do yeah. it now
1: um, oh, oh, sweet so like clearly <laughs> now you're you're equipped with the tools and things like that mm-hmm. to not fall back into those that habit yeah. um but do you still feel to this day that you like I don't know how to ask this properly like I don't want to say like keep yourself in check but mm. do you see what I'm saying like I yeah. don't know how to ask this in the right way like do you still have to like there's still those emotions that come up that are triggers mm-hmm. I guess would be a good word do you still experience that
0: the triggers aren't triggering anymore so it really the well, the problem is like our own bodies a trigger like our emotions will have an emotion like embarrassment just reached such a level that that becomes a trigger. And then we have a thought about it because we feel it in our body, like our face is red and our throat is tight. And it's like our nose is getting kind of watery, like we want to cry or something. And we make that mean we're about to embarrass ourselves or we're about to do something unwanted or unworthy in front of others. That's find a way to hide this. And so people bring on food or other coping mechanisms and some are really healthy and that's fine. But it's when, for instance, when food is your only coping mechanism and then you're gaining weight and um, you're isolating yourself, that's when it's like, no, you, you need some, you need some help through that. But um, it's when emotions come up and we make them mean something negative, either about us or just negative in general. That's really what needs to be reframed because the the outside thing, food can't inject an emotion in you. Other people can't do that. And But sometimes you have emotions that come up so quickly. It's like you said, reverse engineering, working backwards from there and then being able to see, okay, I feel fine regardless if I feel embarrassed. Oh, I now happen to notice that when this person is around or when this person says this or whenever there's, a, I don't know, a certain type of food at the at a table when there's a party. I tend to feel embarrassed or I tend to feel an emotion at that time, but do I have to know? And so it's learning really what happens is you get more resilient. You increase your capacity to feel your biological sensations or your, um, your, your nervous system sensations, your emotional or energy in motion. You increase your capacity to feel that to hold, to like let that energy just come and go Without reacting in a way. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Just, oh, sorry, to sit in it. Like we talk about what on the Enneagram calls us, like feeling emotions, (laughs) sitting in it and just kind of going from there. And yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, but sometimes like it's what I've noticed is like sitting in it is that's like you're at an advanced level if you can sit with it. Sometimes, just oh. um moving from like if you used to have an emotion that would just trigger you like you're like, I just need food, being able to just move from the kitchen to your, you know, just outside, that's like a huge step. And then um, like sometimes like when um like I'll still need to go outside. I kick the soccer ball around because I'll just get like this wave of emotion. I'm like, I don't want to answer check-ins when I feel like I'm hyperventilating and I don't know where it came from, but I'll just go kick the soccer ball around for 10 minutes and then my energy's out and I'm like oh. I go back to work. I'm like, what was I even, what was that about? But then I just move on. Um, (laughs) but, and sometimes I'll feel an emotion come up. I'll be like, Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, that's nothing. And that's sitting with it. What I think. And I'm like, it takes like a second and it goes through, but I wasn't able to do that. I would feel an emotion. I'd run to the kitchen and I just start eating. I couldn't even know what I was eating. I would be like looking up, pretending I wasn't, I wasn't seeing what was happening, even though I kind of knew, um, so to, you to were go just like from that
1: you're disassociated yeah. from like what was happening versus what like from it all just being separated like wow
0: yeah I was like if I can't see it it's not happening but it really was
1: <laughs> it's like it's like that little toddler when you tell them to do something and they go like this they cover their ears like well I can't I can't listen to you if I can't hear you like you know? yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's exactly <laughs> So, but yeah, it's, um, I really, so I make sure to point out to my clients, like those, um, when like, they don't even notice they're doing it, which I always I find fascinating about the human brain. But like when they are suddenly able to, they tell me like, oh, I haven't binged in a couple weeks. I'm like, you used to do that like twice a day. Like we need to seriously celebrate this because it shows that they are emotionally stronger. Yeah. Uh, they aren't, um, beating themselves up what because the same triggers are there. Like they still need to eat to survive. But um the way they're approaching it, the way they're thinking about it and therefore feeling about it has completely changed. And that takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of frustration. It takes a lot of just going to bed at night, knowing you didn't give it your like knowing it wasn't like perfect, but still trying again the next day, your brain and your nervous system, we they will, they are making changes. And so then you wake up one morning you're like, oh like pizza doesn't trigger me anymore. You don't even realize it, but that's why I think it's so valuable having a coach because you need to see those wins. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so when <laughs> did you uh, transfer to Casey? Because you had a different coach before, right?
0: I did. I was, um, yeah, I, did. I transferred to Casey uh, because she had, well, this sounds so creepy. I was watching her over the years <laughs> <laughs> when I was, so because she, I was following a ton of, um, bodybuilders before I got out of the military I was following a lot of bikini competitors and a lot of different coaches. And so she was one of them. And so when we moved to Nashville with my husband, cause he found a job out here and I can start an online business. You just need a laptop. It doesn't matter where you are, but I was working at two gyms and, you know, I just through social, through Instagram noticed that I know. Oh no, actually, I would see Casey at the same gym. It was called. It's oh, called yeah. Yeah. Used to be called World Gym, but and I used to be a trainer there. Um, so I knew she was a competitor and that she was coaching competitors. So
1: um, you Fit were literally you were literally watching her in person. Like, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Little stop oh, yeah. here. <laughs> just
0: well, kidding. um, but she's like, well, the thing that like I would see her uh, at Quantum or at World Gym or whatever at the gym. And I think she was, oh no, I went up to her one day because I was like, I there's an IFBB pro here. I just, I just want to be with, I just want to walk up to one. It's like there's a rare to animal. Yeah. <laughs> and so I told her I was like, I think I said like congratulations or something on the Olympia. She'd done something amazing. So I congratulate her. And she smiled back and she's like, Thank you so much. That's so sweet. And she's like, damn, look at your shoulders. She said something about my shoulders. You're and problem. it was such a compliment to get from her, I was like, Oh my God, I do work on my shoulders. And you recognize it. Like, thank you. <laughs> and, um, but she was so, so girling so hard. That's, Oh horrible. God, that's exactly what it was. And so, but then I, um, and I was working with a, yeah, I can't remember the coach I was working with at the time, but once I saw Casey launch the fit femme project, you know, cause she'd been talking about growing, Team Casey. And then the Fit Fit FitFem project came out and she had some coaches on them, what they were talking about. And then what the mission for the Fit FitFem project was, which was, you know, alignment and really taking a look at your whole life. It's not just about fitness. I was like, well, that's different. And that's brave because I feel like other fitness companies aren't willing to go there, but you see so much struggle, so much like fast fat loss and so much like people gain 20 pounds within a few weeks. And I'm like, is that is that that doesn't feel aligned that doesn't feel like I want to do that for the rest of my life like I know I don't want to compete for the rest of my life but I don't want to have to struggle with like I just I'm so tired I just want yeah. a way to understand things so that I can just maintain it and not feel like fitness takes up 99% of my thinking capacity and then all of my energy I just want it to be a part of my life and so she started talking about that and I was like she's got something here um She's expressing it in a way that makes sense to me. Like it's really resonating with me. And so I joined the FitFem project and then she was looking for coaches and I was like, oh, well, I happen to be one. And so and I to
1: be a coach. You were, no, weren't you just on team Casey though? For those people who don't know what we're um, talking about, like Casey has, oh, she yeah. has her own um, specific comp- competition clients. And then she expanded out, which if you've listened to all the other episodes before, we kind of <laughs> broke it down, but she basically started another business for lifestyle. So, mm-hmm. did you started on Team Casey, right?
0: Yeah, because I was like, I want to compete again. Because I'm, right. I'm still like, I, I do like competing. I like having something that's yeah, outside that. of life. My last show was in 2018. Oh, it's been a minute. Yeah, well, I did three shows that year. Um, that was the first year the Nashville fit show did their show. I did. I was at the first one and oh, it was really? like the favorite show. Yeah. It was the best one I've ever done. But, um, yeah, the, uh, I, uh, I did want to compete. Cause I was like, it's been a few years. Like, I think I'm ready. And so I joined team Casey and then I was working on my business and just, there was so much like life that was happening for me. I was like, I, like if you sign up for a bodybuilding show, you basically have to have the time and mental, emotional, and physical capacity to take on a part-time job because you have to get those workouts in, you have to get the cardio and you have to meal prep. And so it really takes time. If you aren't able to add that to your time, to your current routine, then it's, I wouldn't recommend it. But, um, so I realized that. And I was like, well, I can't do a show right now. So, um, I just have been with Casey ever since.
1: Yeah. And then I remember you joined the, um, before you came on as a coach, you joined as a guest coach on the oh. Facebook Live. And that's how yeah. I... This is so co- covert about some of these things With when it comes to new things. <laughs> it's so funny because like, I'm like, there's a guest coach. I bet she's about to hire her. Like, why didn't she tell me new <laughs> <these> things? <laughs> was one time I was out with, when Zan was here was it I don't know why she was here what was that for I can't remember um and her Zan and I went out to um just to get dinner and they did a little meeting in person and I met them at a place at a restaurant by my house and I'm like oh how was your guys's little meeting she goes good you know big things are coming blah 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 and I'm like ooh, like what and she's like oh, I'm not gonna tell you that blah blah and I'm like what you tell me everything she goes that's because you're my best friend and I go what am I right now <laughs> I was like she just busted out laughing and then still didn't tell me <laughs> um but she told me like I can't remember what it was but anyway yeah so that was I was like oh she's about to hire a new coach and you d- you had your little speaking part I don't even remember what the topic was but I was like yay new per- new person <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was so nervous because I even wore like a teal shirt. I was like, I need to make sense because I was like, I'd apply to work. I was like, please, I want this to work so much. So, yeah, <laughs> that's
1: so,
0: cute. Oh. <laughs> so as
1: your time with us and the clients you've had so yeah. far, I always like to ask this question, and I ask it to Lindsay too. Like, what are the moments in your coaching experience that happen that remind you why you love this?
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um I my preferred style of coaching. Um, it's just not physically manageable is face to face is like calls with my clients. And I I ask hard Yeah, but I ask hard questions because I know what's in their way, um, with their consistency. Like you really have to be consistent in order to get results. Like just like saving money, you gotta put money in every month if you wanna start gaining. So um, but can Usually, what gets in the way is an emotional response to something, and then we act from that emotion, and it usually veers us off track. And so, um, I I go to those moments, those hard emotions that um, that got in their way, and I ask tough questions. And they'll like, some of them will get mad, some of them will cry, some of them like will try not to cry. Like you can see, their like their throat is like they're like feel like they're choking. But I get it out of them, and once they like kind of get that out. They're like, Oh my God. Oh, I see how I can get through this. And so like the relief and the, like the, the significance of how capable they are, it shines through in just a moment right there. And that's what I live for. I'm like, Oh, you got it. Like, let's just keep practicing this. Like, you know, you can do this. And, um, it gives me chills. And so I just, that's, that's what I love doing. And I'm so grateful to have the flexibility and the um, capability to be able to do that as often as I do here. It's really amazing.
1: So outside of like the main topic we talked about, which was your like binge eating and stuff like that, that that, that's Mm -hmm. a topic that you're passionate about. What other topics are you like, well, are the things that you would just love to drill into somebody else's brain until oh. like the cows come home, like what what would that be,
0: <laughs> yeah, emotions, like I told some of my clients I'm like I'm destined, it's out of my control. I will read every book in the planet about emotions, the nervous system, and perception um just be- uh and frankly stoicism, <laughs> just mm-hmm. people figured out figured it out back in the day how to have self- control without social media and needing like you know one word positive affirmations to get them through the day, you know what I mean yeah. I was like. so stoicism emotional regulation perception um and then of course sprinkle in nutrition and fitness whatever that bubble looks like that's what i like I, i i just drink that every day i live it i try to i'm always thinking of ways to express it clearly and logically and in a way that doesn't um like make people think they're being judged or in a way that isn't triggering them like it's it's actually a fun challenge for me. It's, um, I always try to find ways to tell people how capable they are, that no matter what they're feeling, you can still move forward and take action. Do not let go of your dream. Do not ignore your, don't change your goals. It's there for a reason. You just have these, some moments in your day where things are emotionally tough. Learn to work through those moments because you can. That's my bread and butter in life. I will do that till the day I die. I've tried oh. to do other stuff. I can't. I just, it's wait, what do you medium.
1: mean? What other stuff? What are you talking about?
0: I've tried to like, cause it's been really frustrating some moments in my growth in like my learning and being the kind of coach that I am like with what I focus on. Um Cause I could have easily gone and worked for Beachbody. You know what I mean? Um, But I didn't because I thought this stuff was valuable um, cause it was valuable to me. And I was like, but it was frustrating for me. Cause I had to learn that some people aren't um either ready to change or maybe I wasn't ex- like clearly expressing a topic or something I wasn't they weren't able to understand it well and that was frustrating for me so I I kept digging and I kept researching and I kept reading and um I just got better and more refined in how I was able to teach what I do teach and and coach the way I coach so um but in those frustrating moments, I would think, well, why am I doing this? Like, why don't I just go work for Amazon or why don't I just go work for Facebook or why don't I just do something else? And I realized I would put myself there and visualize it. And I realized how depressed and like angry I'd be. I was like, I'm doing something I don't want to be doing. I was like, so then I'd come back to here and be like, okay, let's figure this out. Like you are put on this earth to help people through these moments. Like, Maybe it's not enough to some people, but I think it's everything for some people. And that's what I'm going to do.
1: Oh, Nicole, you're just. (laughs) I uh, was really looking forward to talking to you today because like I I know we've connected on the part because of uh, Mm -hmm. like. Cause you and I both like love to read. So you definitely yes. stimulate that like nerdy part of me of like the research and you love the Enneagram stuff and all, I'm, I mean, how many clients are left of yours that need to do it? Like one? <laughs> <laughs> no. I know. It's just like Nicole, Not Nicole, many. Nicole, 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 Nicole. <laughs> it's just like, it, yeah. and they're all type like three. So it's like, you're sick and tired of hearing my, my spiel about it all.
0: <laughs> no. No.
1: No, no, it's funny. Yeah, and I was—I love like learning more about kind of like where you're, because I knew your coaching experience was definitely more emotion-based, while Lindsay's Mm -hmm. is like, just eat it, just do it. (laughs) Which <laughs> she's my coach. And that's where I'm at. Cause I've gone through the emotional journey and that vulnerability journey myself. So that's why Lindsay's coaching is definitely where I'm at right now. Like just tell me what to do. I want to hit the ground running. I want to lift heavy shit. Uh, you know, <laughs> while mm-hmm. there are other people who just need that longer journey and my journey, you know, the, where I want to go is still a long process and it's, also a lifelong process but then when you mix in the emotions and the other things that go behind um achieving your goals when it's I guess really any type of goals right um -hmm. but when you put in those that other the the stuff behind it the root of the problem the root of everything like that's even tougher and harder but it's so rewarding
0: (laughs) yes when you're not even when you're not even afraid of yourself. Like when you actually trust yourself and whatever you feel like, I really don't think people realize how afraid they are of themselves. Like they really don't trust a hunger signal. And it's like, you got to live with that for the rest of your life. You got to figure out how to work with it and make your nervous system, your ally instead of your enemy and, or keep, don't keep thinking it's your enemy. Um, yeah, I know. I love our enneagram calls. I'm so happy I've been able to be on every single one with every client of mine that's gone through it. Because every time you like help them through it, like I learned something new. Even I know the past like four calls have been like type threes, but um, <laughs> every time like it's something new, and or something will click that's new for me, and I'm like, oh, I I know how to. This will work for this other client, and so those calls, I think. Like if you're a Fit From Project client and you haven't taken that call yet, like you absolutely must because Caitlin, you explain it really well. Like I think you mentioned it. I did. I'm sure you probably mentioned it. Well, no, you probably mentioned this in every call, but for some reason, I just it really stuck with me in the last one or the second to last one where you said, "You fight for the underdog," and that is so wow. you because every time you that's the way you helped me. Like when you were helping me through the, like understand the Enneagram when we were on the retreat, like I felt so supportive. Like you would read something and you look at me and instantly your eyes would just convey, like, you can do this. Like you got this, like trust yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And I believed it. I was like, Oh, she's, she's got my back. Like she's, she's by my side. And, um, so every client gets that when they get on those calls with you and it's so valuable. So. I hope
1: so. Wow. That makes oh sense. yeah. I remember being at the retreat, and you, uh, we were just in this. Because Casey's like, here, Kayla, sit down, read, talk to us about Enneagram. I'm like, okay, just tie me <laughs> to the, the tree and force my hand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So I, I just remember because the little I knew about you at the time, I would read something, and I'm like, look great right at you. Well. <laughs> just to see where it would land with you and like yeah i'm I'm definitely an under like i'll fight for the underdog like the injustices of society Mm. just really make my blood (laughs) boil oh (laughs) more standards are a big one i can't i can't stand
0: that oh
1: Oh, anyway we're over (laughs) it
0: oh man we'll have to do an episode where we are the host and then we let you just go unleash you and you I'm talk so about weird. injustices. <laughs> that would be an amazing episode.
1: That's why I'm really into like true crime and stuff. And I have a hard time with the um, the cold cases, the unsolved ones. I'm like, no, I just need the, cl- everybody needs the closure. <laughs> <anyway>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's such a sweet little compliment. But, but we're it's talking true. about you. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so what books are you reading right now? I know you're a bit... Bo- Big, big book person.
0: <laughs> yes, I am reading uh three at the same right now. I am reading uh, "Courage Is Calling" by Ryan Holiday. Ooh. I read. I am reading "Making Words Work," which is more about copywriting, but learning how to tell stories. And what else? I am reading. What was it called? Think Again by Adam Grant. Or shoot, yeah. Oh, and I was picking up the Enneagram, Wisdom of the Enneagram. So maybe four, but that one I pick up when I'm like stuck with a client or stuck with myself. I'm like, let me just read about myself to figure it through this
1: textbook one for sure.
0: Yeah. But no, I'm reading. Yeah. I think like Adam Grant's Think Again, just reframing things.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. I'll to look those up. I haven't read a self-help book in a while. I did a solid 10 years of reading like 12 a year. Oh, nice. So, um, I, I definitely kind of, but that was like during my internal personal transformation. So I was just mm-hmm. so kind of like, um, you know, I've, I've seen some people who are going through that now <clears throat> and they're just like soaking up all of any th- extra knowledge they can. I'm like, and I have a lot of pride. I don't necessarily want to go to therapy. <laughs> like I can do this myself. <laughs> I was the same way.
0: I was the same way.
1: Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, yep. I don't think I was. I don't think I have I mean everybody should do it and I've thought about it but um, mm-hmm. just because you never know what can like uncover I'm not like struggling with something serious right now but once in a while yeah. I'll have those days where I'm just like fuck everything where I'm just like everything <laughs> ticks me off like twice a year I'll have those days where I'm just like why did you look at me that way <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> just like you said that email said that thing in that email oh like <laughs> That's a whole other
0: story. <laughs> oh man, I wish I got angry. I have a few days a year where I just like, like battery shuts down. I just I shut you down. It. I don't do anything.
1: <laughs> and I think, like well, that's necessary for you. You need to stop. No, that's true. <laughs> oh. You need to stop. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. bulb moment. Yeah. Turns out <laughs> this is a coaching call for Nicole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I know myself so much better now. Yeah, Uh, no, the books I, I don't know why the books I read have to have, um, let's see, like, I really like books that uh, will increase your knowledge about and and, like really push you to change something about yourself. So I've read books like Why We Sleep by Michael Walker. He's a PhD. I read another PhD by like uh, on gratitude and another PhD on, oh, the body keeps the score. It's always something about the body. Um, and how to explain what we can't actually see or track. Like we can track our weight on the scale, but how do you track the impact of the emotion of shame? Right. I like knowing that stuff, but, and there are people out there who are smarter than me and have actually put that into a book in layman's terms enough that I can understand it. And those are my books.
1: Yeah, I definitely can connect on that. One of my favorite books that I've read. Well, there's two, I think, I think I have both of them still looking at my collection. One of them is, um, uh, the brain that changes itself by Norman Deutsch about neuroplasticity. It's really good. And it's kind of somewhat story-based because each chapter will be something different about, you know, the science behind neuroplasticity. I think the first chapter he opens up with is a girl who, who, I mean, they didn't figure this out for a long time. I don't think. I'll have to, it's been a long time since I've read this, but they didn't realize that she was going about her life with only one side of her brain. <laughs> and I think when Whoa. they, they knew that, you know, there was something a little different, maybe she was on the, you know, autism scale somewhere, but she could, you know, go about her life normally, but had a couple of different obstacles than the normal person. And then they mm. finally figured out that she had half of her brain, like, oh, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, gosh I that. That one's good. I've been thinking about picking it back up again, just because. But yeah, mm-hmm. you'll have to read that one.
0: Okay. Yeah, that read. sounds good.
1: But yeah, anyway, I could go on and on about books, but
0: <laughs> we'll have to um, compare bookshelves. I would love to see what's on your bookshelf. I'll show you mine one day. I've been, I've been doing
1: book of the month club.
0: Do, oh. you know that one where
1: it's just it's just um, fiction books? You should see the stack okay. that are unread. Oh, it's right there. You see it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like – and there's probably two more that's over there that um, – because it's like 15 bucks a month, and they, you can pick the book of the month, and they send it to you, blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten so far behind At the beginning of the summer, I posted an Instagram story. I was like, oh, this is my summer reading list. I haven't <laughs> – I haven't gotten through one. I've started one. I'm barely halfway through it. And I'm like, I'm so far behind. And it still keeps charging me. But they're all mystery thrillers. So I was like, let's Mm -hmm. get out of the self-help genre for a minute. And just, you know, because I have considered those types of books, like eating my veggies. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's exhausting. (laughs) So I was like, let's get into like my real mystery thriller stuff and i'm just so far behind i don't think i'll ever catch up but do you ever go through those uh, those periods where you just binge books and then you have like a dry oh. spell
0: yeah because i'll replace um books with like tv shows and uh then i get like really mad at myself because i'm sitting and not doing anything so i'll go back to reading but it's it's also because i probably haven't found a good book that's um you know, recommended by all the people I follow or something. But yeah, I just need a break, I guess, from reading heavy stuff. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. But then
0: that break doesn't last very long. I don't know why.
1: I'm going on about two years now because I can read. (laughs) I can read. But when I'm in my dry spell, it's a real dry spell. (laughs) (laughs) During, During COVID, I lived by a park. Uh, really super cute park. And it was just full of these like old timey, not old timey, but um these renovated like craftsman style homes and 12 12- have you mm-hmm. been to 12 South? That area?
0: Not in a while. Do you know probably, you know probably, probably in a couple of years Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cute, 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 cute neighborhood, but ritzy. And there's this mm-hmm. cute little park there with a community center where I would do the gym. But I was so and I was um not laid off but I was uh furloughed right that's a word oh, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I was furloughed from my job so I, for like four or five weeks six weeks maybe so I was so bored <laughs> so I would just take my books I read a lot then and I would walk there's a little path around the thing it was like a mile long and I would walk and read at the same time in broad daylight oh. <laughs> there are so many weirdos there the like people with dogs and some random homeless person who would just set up Speakers and play music. It was really strange. <laughs> but reading and walking is really good for your brain, everybody,
0: right? Oh, I think so. I try to like type and work while I walk on my treadmill. That's not the same thing though. But that's hard. That's hard. <laughs> it's like one mile an hour that I'm walking. But no, I think that's smart. Like moving your body and you're thinking, if you have oxygen and blood fluid, so you're, yeah. That's smart.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well that's kind of all I have for today. Um where can people find you on socials?
0: Definitely Instagram, nicole.terway. Um more oh than getting your last Facebook, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's Terway, Terway. I asked my husband he's like either one works. I was like, we're getting married, but okay. <laughs> <You> <laughs> like, 10 like 10 years ago. <laughs> well, there's a, there are a lot of Terways in Minnesota. And I think everyone says it in some way that helps them remember. But it's German actually, which is interesting. But um, yeah, Terway, Terway, I understand if you say it, I know who you're talking about. And then um, let's see, yeah, Instagram would be the best place, or I, you know maybe LinkedIn, but Instagram, I would say for sure, Nicole. Terway. T-
1: Awesome. Well, um, also for those of you out there, definitely um, write and review and subscribe. That definitely is helpful. Recommend as well to your mom, your, I don't know if your dad would like it, but you can give it a shot. And your dogs, tell your dog. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. um yeah, just tune in next week. I think we'll be talking to Thanks for listening to, to the FFP Alignment we'll podcast. Please Rita, support us by downloading, that rating and fun. recommending us that's to your friends C. and family. Right. Be sure to check yeah. us out on Instagram oh, at the FitFem Project. That's I F I T F E M M E Project. And for those of you looking to find their essential balance of lifestyle and fitness, book a free consult by going to fitfemproject.com. That's F I T F E M M E Project.com and click apply now. Until next time, this is the FitFem Project Alignment Podcast.